friends and frenemies, welcome to a very new and special episode of Moose Mike, the 10th episode. Today, we're going to get in between and talk about Twitch streaming and the platform and its pros and cons and how it works in general. As always, today I'm joined by Rodrigo. Hey, folks. And Stafford. Hello. Thank you. And we're also joined by a very special guest today. We're joined by professional streamer and mindfulness coach, and also an awesome human being, She Snaps. Yellow. How's everyone going? <laughs> Great, man. <laughs> I'm just happy to be here, Still man. Still breathing. And thank you for joining us, Snaps. Thank you for being here and being our our Twitch expert. Uh, not like all of us like have some interactions with Twitch, but none of us are really professionals at it. Like I myself personally, I stream from like time to time, but not really on the platform mm. and following too much. So it's good to have another perspective, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm throwing massive air quotes over the expert thing. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure there's plenty who would beg to differ on that, but I'll, I'll claim the title for today. Air quotes title, but a title nonetheless. I'm pretty sure you're the expert in here. Like, <laughs> as, as Arthur mentioned, like, he streams from time to time. Uh, Stafford, I think he mentioned before starting this episode, he has never watched a stream. Like, <laughs> it's not that I've never watched a stream. I only started streaming you know. <laughs> ever since, like, they told me, like, hey, so we want to talk about Twitch. And then I started joining your community. And from there, like, I've been enjoying Twitch as a whole. <laughs> so, yeah, dope. you're the Twitch expert. Yeah. I'll take it. Uh, I'll take it in in this group at least. With with yeah. the four of us, I'll be the Twitch expert. <laughs> nice. Yeah. In, in that regard, can you tell us a bit about uh, your experience of Twitch? Like, how, like, I guess how has it been ever since you've been streaming? <laughs> it's a bit open ended and big question. I know that is quite open ended. It's quite a big question. Um, I mean, I I fucking love Twitch. It's it's a shit show, but it feels like my <laughs> shit show. You know. It's it's a beautiful thing in a lot of ways, like the fact that I'm here talking to y'all today because Rodrigo's been hanging out like that's that's fucking awesome. I love getting to know people mm. on a on a deeper level and I really enjoy what I do. It's just, you know, being being a woman online is a whole thing sometimes. Yeah. So like it's it's incredible overall because it's completely changed my life, brought some amazing people into it, including my boyfriend and like some of my very best friends. Um, but it definitely, it takes a certain type of attitude to make it through streaming, especially being a woman. It's, it can be real silly. For sure. And like, we wanted to go really deep later in the episode about that. But one of the questions that we got is also in regards to COVID. Like we try to avoid as much as possible in this podcast because, well, this yeah. podcast started we, because we, of COVID. We, we, but we mentioned COVID, every, we mentioned COVID every episode. That's a lie. We mentioned yeah. COVID every single episode. We can't, it's COVID and Tiger King. We can't avoid I, it. I, okay. It's part of our brand. Don't see. It's part of our brand. You bring up We Tiger never succeed, but we try. Uh, so in that regard, one of the questions is uh, how COVID has affected you as a person and also your streams as a whole, like being. Because pretty much you spend like a bunch of time uh, in your streams and like getting attention from all your followers. But how does this world changing thing has affected you uh, to you as a human being and also towards your streams as a whole? Oh, man. Well, I've been I've been working for like the past year or so on trying to plan a move from Chicago to Phoenix. And shit kind of got crazy, wound up having to make this move sooner than I had anticipated in the midst of 
COVID. So I had to plan like a nearly cross-country move in the middle of a pandemic, which is quite wild to imagine and then like to have been through it. Um, and it was a little scary because my boyfriend currently has some like health issues. He's dealing with what we think is a hernia, um, like according to the one doctor he's been able to see on it. And there's massive concerns about like what COVID could do if he were to get sick. Cause like we're both, we're both healthy. Um, I feel confident in our immune systems, even though we know that COVID hits people kind of regardless of that. Like we each of us personally felt relatively secure if it weren't for the fact that like when he they, they told him he has a hernia and he's not even supposed to laugh too hard because if he does he could like kind of rupture his gut basically so like you know a a virus that causes excessive coughing pretty much like the opposite of what yeah. you want to be dealing with you know he'd very likely have to go in for emergency surgery and it's a very scary prospect knowing that he would then have to recover from said emergency surgery in the hospital in the middle of a pandemic. So I had to find a place to live, figure out the entire travel plan, book all of that. And then actually like we had to make the trip with our two dogs and our cat in the middle of a pandemic. It really, it was, it was nuts. It was nuts. Sounds, uh, so sounds when, complicated. When happened. This was, we've been here two months now because we made it. Um, really glad for that. We wound up renting an RV, actually, which we like stuffed to the brim with all of our shit and then our two dogs and our cat and uh, tried to make the trek. And like, you know, um, he, he's Mexican also. So we were concerned because like, obviously I'm very, I'm very pale. So like I, I, I operate under the benefit of white privilege when I go places. I mm -hmm. typically don't have to feel afraid that someone's going to see me and be like, ah, Mexican lady, you know? But yeah. with, with yeah. him, he doesn't have that. So there was a lot of concern about where we could stop on the way here mm -hmm. because we drove through a lot of the South and we would have to stop for gas or stop for like supplies or something. And of course, like we're wearing our masks, we're doing our best to, you know, protect other people and ourselves. And we went through some areas where wearing a mask made us feel like we had targets on our backs. And then to add to that, like being a minority, it, it was really frightening. Like I, I remember we stopped somewhere, I wanna say it was in Texas, but I cannot remember. Um, we stopped somewhere and I went in first cause we were taking turns since we had like all of our stuff and the dogs and stuff in the, in the RV. I went in first wearing my mask. I was looking through um, a shelf for something that we needed in the car. And this like really big dude, big white guy, like dressed head to toe in camo, big boots on. Like you kind of know the type, right? Jesus. <laughs> Comes walking past me and he's on the oh. phone. And he said something that I still can't remember. But it was like alarm bells are going off right away. Because it was something relating to people wearing masks being stupid something along those lines and i looked up in time to make eye contact with him and like that dude looked so fucking angry so angry and it felt very personally directed at me like i because i was the only person in there at that time that was wearing a mask and it was so fucking sketch that i was just like looking around like okay who's around here where are the exits what do i do if he comes up and like gets in my face do i try to de-escalate do i try to escalate like how do i fucking approach this fortunately he went to the bathroom and like i didn't have to deal with him 
But when I went out to the to the RV to tell my man, like, hey, if you're going in there, like, be on alert. It doesn't feel safe in there. I don't know how to put it any differently. And, like, I told him what happened with the dude. When he made it back out to the RV, he was doing the same thing, kind of shaking his head. Like, it felt so scary in there. Ugh. It's crazy how, like, worst, even though, like, the, the how do you call it, like, the landscape, not only in the U.S., but as a whole nowadays being a minority uh like you you have like the benefit of like speaking out about a lot of these topics and also like showcase all these injustices but at the same time it's too real that this keep happening right yeah and and, and just by wearing a mask also like uh i think i saw today here in vancouver uh we're located the three of us we're located mm-hmm. here in vancouver and there's like a whole march uh plan yes. for today later today unmasking about like about like yeah unmasking uh, vancouver and like oh. trying to encourage people to mm. not use masks in public and all that kind of stuff and it's like well what's the deal you know like <laughs> it's kind of like the responsibility of all of us so yeah it's just mind-bending kind of thing and, and to comment on the story like i think it's so bizarre that these days you even have to consider that way but while planning a road trip you gotta go well which cities can i stop on which cities i can't yeah. The fact that that's something you got to plan for on like 2020. Yeah. It was and really like- fucking sketch. And there were some spots where like this, I think one of the saddest aspects of this is that a lot of our clues that were like, don't stop here were when we were in Trump country, we would yeah. start seeing Trump flags and it was like, oop, make sure we have gas or maybe we need to turn back and go a couple miles back and get some extra gas because who knows how long this fucking goes. But like, how horrific that the person who's currently leading our country, his name is so synonymous with hate that when we see it, we immediately are afraid, not just of like general political things, but we're afraid in that moment for our lives. Like, fuck, is my, is my boyfriend going to be able to survive this? Are we going to get through this? And also you have some attachment to it, right? Because I think in in a couple of streams, you have mentioned that uh, your father is also Mexican. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's almost, attacking you as a whole even though like you, as you have expressed you you look white yeah but it's still like you're part of the community yeah as a whole right yeah and it's it's all my brothers and sisters and it's mm-hmm. it's it's family like across the board it's all of his family that i'm thinking of and like with all the crazy shit going on with ice too like mm-hmm. that freaks me out the idea that yeah. they could see him or his family and some of his family doesn't speak english as well people are getting picked up just for that and if you can't, and even in many cases, if you can prove citizenship, they don't give a fuck. They lock they you up care. anyway. Like, yeah. how fucking scary is it that we're seeing, like, legit, like, concentration camps happening with Mexican people right now in our country? And it's, like, barely news anymore. That, that's the thing, right? It's, it's, it's not even on the 24-hour news cycles anymore. It's just, yeah, we're lo- kids are getting locked up. That's... Because they feel it's justified. Normal? It's it's these yeah. these horrendous privileged people that can see this and say just this blanket, well, they shouldn't have come here illegally statement. And then because they believe a crime has been committed, they're just like, it's yeah. it's their own fault for committing crimes. Don't do crimes and you won't have problems. But they completely failed to acknowledge the fact that that's like, America is a fucking crime, you know? The fact that that a white person came to a place that was already occupied and was like, well, this is ours now. Like, that shit's a fucking crime. 
and also like the, the like not to get too deep into this because I, I can go on for hours about this, I, but, like, I think we all get gets right? me the, the, the thing that gets me the most is that the argument that oh they shouldn't have come here legally they shouldn't have committed a crime pretty sure that the crime they committed is not like it's a misdemeanor mm-hmm. you don't jail people and shoot people and throw them in like super small cells for a misdemeanor you don't see someone jaywalking and your first reaction isn't let's throw him in a cage he yep. deserves it that's that's yep. that's such uh, like a bad faith excuse that a lot of people use. I hear and the just, um yeah. I hear the excuse sometimes of like, well, you know, if you if someone just like came and tried to hide out in your garage or something or was in your garage when you got home, like you'd arrest them for trespassing. And it's like that's the fucked up thing is that that's the way we're looking at this instead yeah. of this is like your neighbor next door is having a fire or someone broke into their house and is trying to harm them. They fled took shelter in your yard, and then you called the cops on them. That's what the fuck is happening here. People are fleeing for their safety, not because they want your shit. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of, like, and, and I'm talking because of a friend of mine, like, a lot of people that I, I've known from Mexico that have jumped the border illegally or, or along those lines, uh, it's, it's out of necessity. It's not, like, just out of pure fun. Uh, people need to realize also, like, because... Even though they stereotype and like they kind of like showcase in the media that they put like Mexican people in, in as gardeners, as janitors, all that kind of stuff. Sadly, th- there's a lot of like a reality that a lot of people we have to go through mm-hmm. uh, because also most of those jobs is a, a huge amount of money that you will never see in Mexico in the same kind of jobs. Or even when you have a bachelor's degree, you won't get the amount of money when you're working in those US jobs. And I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, mm-hmm. but also you have to understand the fact of like it's it's not like we're trying to get uh it, it like c- kind of like getting to the point of like don't think like in the mind of somebody that is jumping the border they have it in their mind like oh yeah like we're going to deconstruct the whole system and we're going to take their jobs or something yeah the first thing that is in people's minds is like i want to bring food to my family yeah it's survival and it, it, it's a big part of like there's a I don't want to generalize it as like it's the American way of thinking, but it's a lot of people think like this. It's I think an it's fair to generalize at this point, though, because that like, is the American way of thinking. It's like, very it's individualistic. Like it's for some reason expecting that your neighbor next door is not coming to ask for help. He's coming to steal from you. Yep. It's like expecting the worst from people. Yep. And it's the same with the mask situation. Yep. You don't think scientists and researchers are telling you to wear a mask just because they want to help you, but you think they're doing that because they want to control you. Mm-hmm. They want to take your freedom. It's expecting the worst out of anyone that you, it's not you is what brought a lot of these situations on. And it's a scary place to be on, honestly. It's really fucking freaky. Yeah. And it's so crazy to be to be here now and to be thinking like mm-hmm. we were raised with this like American pride really instilled in us. And now for the first time yeah. in my life, I'm thinking like, how do we escape this country if we need to? Like, if, if Trump gets reelected, I have a hard time putting a full-blown yeah. dictatorship past him. And he's very mm-hmm. clearly a white supremacist. Like, he yes. has no qualms about harming black and brown and indigenous folks. Like, that, the idea that he could treat this yeah. like some, some Nazi Germany does not seem that far-fetched. He's already taken so many of the steps to get there. So I'm so like scared and blown away to imagine having to leave. Like we can't even flee to Mexico at this point. Like fuck, dude. We're just yeah. stuck. Yeah. And and to anyone that would 
question that, I will just like to remind everyone that Trump considered Antifa a terrorist organization <laughs> while uh, not condemning the KKK. Yep. So, uh, yep. I, I, I say there's a lot of proof to that statement and a lot of veracity. I stand behind it. And it's, mm. oh man, Trump's America is a, such a horrible and weird place. Fuck Trump. It's, yeah. What if he's yeah, a Trump. What a garbage person, mm-hmm. garbage human being. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I have to go, go back to the question. Uh, yeah, because we can stay here for, uh, for hours. Like, no, no. Just sit no, here and I, talk I, shit about everything. <laughs> Actually, that happened the other day on the stream. Like, there was a whole hour and so, like, talking shit about Trump. But, uh, but, but yeah, like, uh, uh, so it's okay. And I, and I think it's awesome that we discuss topics so serious. Uh, and especially, like, three people here from the Latinx community. Like, I, I, yep. I think that's amazing. Uh, but yeah talking in regards to the twitch question <laughs> uh so how do you think covid19 has affected your streams uh ever since it, it started happening i think i think more people are looking for what our community offers kind of specifically as like a as like a brand i, I think more people are looking for a place to hear that everything is okay to be able to talk comfortably about all the shit that is fucked up but also be able to kind of take comfort in that fact that like overall the underlying sense is that we are all okay like right now we're safe we live to fight another day we can continue to work together to tear this shit down and fix it while also taking care of ourselves so i i think COVID in that sense, like my, my day-to-day life hasn't changed much. I didn't go out much before because I'm always working. I don't go out a ton now. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've got so many projects going on, but I really, I, I see more people who are just desperate for connection right now. And Twitch is a place mm-hmm. that offers more of that. You know, it feels more personal than just like scrolling through regular social media or, um, you know, just watching YouTube videos or whatever, like. There's someone who can say your name and ask how you are. Yeah. And I think like that's kind of like because at, at first hand, like to be honest, like when when I started talking to, with Arthur about like bringing a streamer, and we started like well, he started explaining to me like how Twitch work and yeah. like what uh, what streamer he liked. Uh, like your name came up, so I was like. First of all, like whenever somebody gives me a recommendation, I try to be as open as possible and try to understand why they like it, see the content, and and just judge by myself. Uh, but ever since I started watching your content in a specific, because Arthur started like telling me like, oh yeah, she's a Destiny player, uh, and this and that. But I think like he undersell you because once I got into your uh, into your channel, like what I found was like, Which throw me yeah, man, the bus. like you, you, you sold it really. really Wait. You sold it really, really bad because once I got into yeah. the stream, I think it was uh, um, Tuesday or something, and you were talking about mental he- uh, mental health, uh, and specifically there was this user uh, called Scarlet that she was having a rough time, and, and I just saw you like going through uh, this whole process of like asking her what was going on, she replying, and, and for me that's when I kind of realized like not only the power of Twitch but also the power you have in your channel mm. of like not impose a, a vision let's say but like creating a community of support so that's why i i have sticked around ever since you know uh and, and yeah then sorry for the question uh how, how do you feel that way <laughs> yeah sorry i was just praising you uh yeah so how do you feel uh not only 
kind of like the Destiny community, but the Twitch community that you have built, uh, what's it been look like for you uh, seeing this community grow and the interactions you have created with these people? Oh, it's fucking incredible. And like, Arthur, you sold it, man. That's what matters, right? You sold it. Even if you undersold it, you fucking <laughs> yeah. sold it. Uh, I gotta say, the underside of this bus looks pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but it's pretty, it's well made. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, hey, legit, though, I got him to watch it. Yeah, like, you got it. You made it happen. If if, yeah. if you were in sales, like, it counts, right? You you get to ding the bell. There you go. So, like... Rough director. <laughs> <laughs> Creating the community was an accident, kind of. Like, I, I got on Twitch for Destiny. I got on Twitch to fuck around and play video games and ideally make money, like, straight up. I was in it to be a big streamer, to make money, and to have a life where I got to play video games all the time. Like, who the fuck wouldn't want that, right? Yeah. Um, I was still, like, my, my branding, my name She Snaps, came out of the fact that I was a photographer and an angry person. So, like, people knew what to expect when they came in. They understood that I would snap occasionally, that I would get fucking tilted. And I basically, like, was pre-tilt all day, every day. You know, I was angry as fuck. I was miserable. I was in a rough state of mind. I was in a terrible relationship when I first got on Twitch. And the kindness and compassion of just strangers online, it was the first time I had ever experienced, I think, what now I can look back and reflect on is, like, very unconditional love. Like, there were people who were looking at me like I was a human being and that I was complex, just like they were, and that I still deserved kindness, you know? And I I had this, this moment where I was having a hard day, and the person who I was dating at the time just breezed past it, like, didn't even notice, didn't give a shit. Um, and I got on stream, and I thought I was doing a great job with the front. I thought that they they were seeing me as I usually was, you know, chill, happy, whatever, even though I wasn't. And someone DM'd me and sent me a whisper and was just like, hey, I don't know what's going on with you and I'm not going to pry, but like, you seem a little off today. I hope you're okay. I just want you to know you're great. And I was just like, what the fuck? You see that? I've been streaming for like a couple months at the time. So the idea that a stranger could see a difference in me like that was really eye-opening. I, I, I started to feel seen for the first time in my life and not just for the things I was doing, but like as a fucking person. So I wound up leaving that relationship, um, wound up kind of starting to advocate for myself, starting to kind of take back a little more of the control of my life and where it was going and what I wanted out of it, especially after leaving that relationship. And uh, I wound up meeting an amazing man, my, my boyfriend that we were talking about, and we started living together. And uh, I had a moment one day where I woke up and like, like I said, I was angry almost all the time. Like I would wake up angry over the dumbest shit. Most of it was directed inward, but I was always looking for that opportunity for someone to try me so that I could take the anger I was pointing at myself and just redirect it at them. Um, so I was like kind of stomping around in the house. I don't know what I was even doing, probably closing drawers too loud and slamming things and doing a lot of <sighs> heavy sigh moments, you know? And I, yeah. I saw my boyfriend wake up and look over at me and kind of like walk past and head to his office. And he's the chillest fucking dude you would ever meet. Like so non-judgmental, so fucking nice, just awesome human. And I saw that, and for that quick second, I was like, oh, fuck. 
I spent so much of my life feeling like I was chill because the guy I was with was so fucking angry that like I was the one who was always tiptoeing mm -hmm. around him so that I wouldn't have to face his shit. Now he always directed it at me. I wasn't directing my shit at my man, but he still had to deal with it, you know? So like that moment that I saw him like that and I saw myself in him and I was like, oh my fuck, what kind of living environment are you experiencing now because of me, because of this shit that I haven't checked yet? Mm. So that was like the, the first, like, I'm going to do something, whatever it takes, I'm going to do something because he deserves better than this. And uh, he introduced me to meditation. That was like my, my first step. Very nice. That was like the first clue for me that things could be different. So I started actively working on myself, started really checking my behavior, started recognizing all the ways in which I was toxic and unkind and like working to reduce all that shit. So the community that you see today is very different from the community I started with in a sense. Like a lot of those people stayed, but okay. excuse you. Thank you for your contribution, Siri. We really appreciate it. all up in my business, I swear. Okay, anyway, mind, mind your business. Trying to get me on Google right now. Um, so like we used to, when, when trolls would come in and say nasty shit online, we used to roast them. Because again, I was angry. I was looking for someone to try me. So if you came in and you said some stupid shit to me, then I was like, ha-ha-ha-ha. You picked the wrong one, buddy onto my trap <laughs> exactly and like we my friends and i were always very kind of toxic to each other online you know how how the gaming especially in like fps yes. games can be and uh after i started feeling better after i started like letting go of my anger and letting go of a lot of the kind of internal shit i was dealing with i didn't want to do that anymore i didn't want to pick on the people who came in acting like a fool because I understood that they were just complex humans like myself and could be going through who knows what, could have experienced who knows what before that. And I wanted to be that person that could show them some compassion, that could show them a little unconditional love. So I started changing it and saying like, hey man, can't talk to me that way. If you apologize, you can stick around. Tell me what's going on with you. Like you're obviously going through something, whether you're sad, angry, bored, whatever. Like this is a community where you can get weird and we can talk about it. And surprisingly, a lot of people have actually taken us up on that offer, have actually apologized for the crazy shit they've said, and then stuck around and explained why they felt like it was the right thing to do at the time, like whatever it was that had them follow that impulse. So my original community, when I was streaming Just Destiny, I, I can't remember, it was somewhere between 100 and like 200. I wanna say I was like in like the 150 concurrent viewer range when I was like at the peak of my career in Destiny. Mm -hmm. And when I started spending more time in the just chatting directory and started talking a lot more about being more compassionate, when we, we made a rule that we don't meet negativity with negativity, we meet it with compassion or silence, I lost a huge chunk of my community. I lost a huge chunk. I basically had to start over. So I wound up starting to stream to sometimes 30 people again, you know, and, uh, what you're seeing now, like what, what you, Rodrigo, got to experience as you started coming and hanging out and, you know, Arthur, like you're, you're seeing now what, what has been a very slow and steady kind of increase in individuals who wanted to be a part of something bigger, you know, like feeling more like this, the entire purpose of my channel is to be for the community, not for me. 
Yeah. That's super and, awesome. And I have really felt it ever since I joined your community. Like it, it just feels like a, such a safe space right from the get go when you when you enter. Uh, and also, I wanted to dive in into a little bit of that because you mentioned like this experience that happened when you were in a in a bad spot and somebody whispered you, and then like all the development that you have done just by realizing your old self conducts, uh, either through gaming or through like all these experiences that you can go on of meeting people. Uh, I see that there's a lot of arguments nowadays that it's kind of like this is my persona online and this is the real me kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, I just think like as things keep evolving and we are almost connected through our phones let's say 24 7 almost every day and we're streaming or we're like doing videos or this and that that kind of line has been blurred to a point so from your point of view how much does that like how much has our real life and our virtual life has mashed to make a whole different kind of like identity let's say there are still some people who who go persona based for their online career and I imagine that there's a certain sense of freedom in that, um, but I also feel like there's probably a little bit of um, restriction because if you're if you're operating as like a character, a lot of times people don't like the idea of characters evolving or changing. You know, like if Doctor Disrespect suddenly started doing yeah. yoga, people would be like, <laughs> "Fuck this man, I'm out!" Right? But like for me, because my brand is based on me personally even though I went from being the angry, like, fuck your shit up person to actually doing yoga streams, people were following the journey along the way because I talk about my personal life. I talk about a lot of the shit that's going on. I talk about the stuff that I fuck up. I talk about all the ways I, I struggle, you know? So I, I think that there is more potential for growth depending on what your goal is with your online career, if you do go self-focused and you choose to be authentic and vulnerable, I think it opens you up in, in a lot of ways where people can recognize all the little ways in which they identify with you, they can connect to you. Um, and it also gives you that freedom to change and not lose people because the essence of you will always be the same, you know? Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, 100%. And so you mentioned like uh, the the person, the people that just do a career out of making a personality, right? That's something like I always wondered. And do you think like that some of these people like just use like, oh, it's not me, it's a character, right? As more of a like as an excuse sometimes because that's a feeling I get, like especially like you mentioned Dr. Disrespect. He did a few like questionable things. In his Twitch career before his disappearance. Yeah, whatever it is that, that wound up yeah. causing that. Um, but, like, I feel like a lot of times he would hide behind the fact that, oh, he's Dr. Disrespect. I he think it can character. be. Like, depending on what the character is and what they do, I, I think certainly there's room for someone who typically, like, their character is a jackass. They do a jackass thing that turns out to be more than just your regular jackassery and it's incredibly yeah. culturally insensitive or something they're likely to be able to just be like, ah, but he was in character, whatever. Yeah. So, like, there yeah. is room for that, absolutely. But I don't know that that's necessarily, like, a problem of it because I'm sure there are plenty of other people who do character work that is more fun and upbeat, you know? And not to use it as an excuse. 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, another question I had is since you, you mentioned how you, you interact a lot with your community, right? You, you do shows for them, you do yoga with them. 
And I've seen other creators talk about, I think more players to YouTube with this, but I see other creators talking about these, uh, where sometimes they get these parasocial relationships mm. where your audience knows everything about you, but you don't know about anything about them. Have you ever like faced issues like that where you go to a con or an event and you get to meet a fan, like they know everything about you, but you have, don't even know their name? It's, it is a weird thing. Like that, that's a fucking trip, man. Yeah. Cause I go to those cons and stuff and I'm always expecting to meet the community members. And I don't really draw like a distinction in my mind of like, you're gonna meet people you know already and you're gonna meet people you don't, you know? So like, yeah. I, I, I remember having like a, like a uh, meet and greet line, um, I think it was last year at Guardian Con 2. And like, this happens every time. There's always someone who comes up who's like, hey, I've been, I've been a, a lurker in your chat for like your entire career. And I'm just like, what's your name? And I have no memory of it. Like they never mm -hmm. even said mm -hmm. hi to me, just nothing. It's a little bit of a trip. Like yeah. it's, it's not uncomfortable in that sense. It's just kind of wild to think like, whoa, you have this like whole sense of who I am. And up until this second, I had no notion that you existed. That must be, yeah, it's such a, it was such a trip. It's strange. It's cool, yeah. but it's strange. In terms of like running into issues with that kind of relationship dynamic that happens between like a streamer and their, their community members, mm -hmm. I work hard to make it very clear what I am and what I am not to people. Mm -hmm. um, when I notice, like, cause I keep my DMs open everywhere. I want people to know, like, I'm a friend to all. I want to be your biggest hype woman. You hit me up and tell me you're proud of yourself for choosing to go to therapy or for exercising or drinking water. And I will gas you up so fucking hard. I love that. But I, I notice quickly when it feels like people are becoming attached to me by yeah. the language or the frequency of the messages. And at that point, I usually get pretty explicit and I let them know, like, I want you to understand what we are here. Like, we are friends, yes, but this is not the type of dynamic where like, I'm calling you because I'm having a bad day, right? Like, mm -hmm. I still don't know you that well. You still don't know me that well, even though it feels that way because you see me online so much because I talk so much about personal stuff. Our relationship is still not that of an in-person close relationship. So remember that, like we do have a slightly different dynamic here. Don't get too attached. And then the other thing that I like to warn people of and why I kind of get into that is like, I don't want anyone to ever feel like I am the answer to their problems. Like I very heavily emphasize the message, not my message in chat. Like everything that we're talking about, it has nothing to do with me specifically. We all really know what we need to do for ourselves. Sometimes we just need someone to remind us of that. So that's all I am. I'm just there to remind you to take good care of yourself. And I wanna make sure that if I like get hit by a fucking bus tomorrow, the people who have been working on their mental health and stuff along the way with me are not gonna see that as like, I'm fucked now. I don't have that one person in my corner. So when mm -hmm. people tell me like, you've changed my life or I just, I'm really glad I have you. I couldn't do this without you. I shut that shit down so hard, like right away. Like, no, you do not need yeah. me. If you hadn't found me, you would have kept going. I believe that fully. Cause if you reached out to me to ask me for help, you were already doing the things you needed to do. I just happened to be the one that answered, you know? I think that's one of the dangers of being in a situation where you do try to get to know people on a personal level is the potential for them to grow attached and for that to lead to 
the possibility of stagnation on their part or of that overattachment that can get a little scary. So I, I haven't had to encounter that, but I'm like, I watch like a hawk for that. Nice. Uh, That's and awesome, it, yeah. ex Exactly, I think, yeah. like, as you mentioned, there's a lot of dangers when you start, like, kind of, like, worshipping mm -hmm. the streamer, worshipping kind of, like, these influencers in the sense of, like, you're my whole life or, like, mm -hmm. I'm going to base my whole life according to what you say or, or your appearance <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. So I wanted to dive in into a topic that I think has become quite popular, even though it sounds childish, but uh, the sim culture. Uh, so first of all, I, I, like that's kind of like one of my hesitants before getting into watching a stream or something. Like my only kind of like recollection of like simp was like I started seeing YouTube from a couple of videos, and then like people started explaining it to me like what is a simp, uh, and and from there like I started like educating myself and all that kind of stuff. But I, I want to get to know what is your opinion about these kind of people that kind of like. Oh, because there's cases where people have gone homeless just because donating their money towards a streamer, right? So, yeah, like, have you ever encountered a simp in your community? Uh, you don't Obviously, you don't have to say names or whatever, mm -hmm. and you wouldn't. Uh, but also, like, what is your opinion of simp culture as a whole, of trying to worship and pretty much, like, go homeless for somebody? So I just have to say, I, lo I love how you say like it's a National Geographic. Have you encountered a simp? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone out in the yeah. wild. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. love the way you said like that. A, yeah. Like a National Geographic thing, right? Like yeah. a simp is a... Yeah, yeah. If you develop like simp, be sure to check it. Like raccoons. <laughs> <laughs> what was that, Stafford? I think I talked over you again. I'm sorry. That's no, that's fine. That's all right. Uh, I, as as Rodrigo and Arthur can testify, I usually hide during these things. Um, but no, I, I was just make, making a silly joke, comparing it to uh, to like a, a medication commercial. If you if you develop sim, <laughs> be sure to reach out to your doctor immediately. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that's fair. Honestly, it's funny because my my community is gonna laugh when they hear this. Now, we actually we purge the word simp in our chat. Because I think the whole fucking notion of it, it's its just another iteration of the white knight bullshit. And, like, I'm trying to reduce labels, not add more to them to, like, hyper-define people into these bullshit categories. And I definitely wouldn't want to encourage the behavior of any kind of idolization or hero worship. Like, people who idolize me, I tell them the same fucking thing every time. Like, dude, there is nothing special about me. I'm the same fucking person as you. Like... We're all very complex and we are all very powerful. Like there's so much we can do. So for anyone to like put someone up, up on a pedestal, like we try to eliminate that potential in the community pretty hard. If people make simp jokes, even like we are just, we're not going to perpetuate that culture or that, that notion that there even is such a fucking thing as simp culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're not yeah. going to carry that forward. We're going to let that word die off in the way that like white knights has, has slowly started to, to disappear. And the word cuck has slowly been being used less. There's always going to yeah. be some kind of bullshit terminology that people try to use to undermine the kindness of like a man trying to be kind to a woman or whatever you know like yeah. that it's just irritating but the idea like of what you were kind of defining as a simp that someone would go and like go broke for another person definitely don't want that when people do big donations and or tips like i know i and a lot of other broadcasters thank them repeatedly and then typically ask like are you sure 
can you swing this? Like, please do not yeah. tip me if you cannot afford it. Like, I want people to live and survive and I do not want them to feel obligated to support me. Because if, if Twitch no longer offers a reliable income for me, okay, I will move on to the next thing. I've had a million jobs before. I could potentially have a million jobs in the future. I don't give a fuck. I'll start over again. I don't need anyone to like go broke or be living off of like saltines for the sake of me. For sure. And like for has any donation in the past like has made you feel uncomfortable with within the message or just the quantity that has been like offered well given to you in that moment? Um it's funny because it's typically the lower emo um tip amounts that wound up like one of one of them being like gross message included like you know if yeah. they send me something and then say like call me baby or something i'm usually like Ugh. or they'll send me like a small yeah. tip and then be like do this for me now and it's like bitch that's not how this works you know but like the majority of or at least the only ones i can think of all of the like big tips that i've gotten on the channel of people who are like extreme supporters have been from just really fucking nice people. And I understand that they're in a position where they feel they can help. They want to support what we're doing. And it means a lot. Like, I haven't had any large ones where I'm like, uh-oh, are you going to do a chargeback, you know? Yeah. Also, like, you, you have clarified a bunch of times uh, in the stream that you, like, redirect this just to also give back to the community, right? Mm -hmm. With the podcast. And, uh, and I, I would like to maybe, uh, if... Arthur doesn't mind uh, to talk a, a little bit about bars mm. uh, because I think that's an awesome initiative. Yeah, and it. since we're also doing the documentary about yes. uh, Black Lives Matter, like I think stuff yes. that is directing that documentary will have like a lot mm. to say towards that. Yeah. So uh, yeah. can you explain yeah, what might, is bars, might, how uh, it started, and like what are you trying to achieve with uh, with bars, please? Yeah, yeah. So bars is a now recurring weekly segment we're doing on my channel that is um, it stands for becoming an anti-racist society. Um, the idea behind it is to have more conversations about racism, what it is, what it is, and all the different ways that it can manifest so that we can check ourselves and start to grow in our anti-racism work. Because I only recently in the past two years, I want to say, two years, um, became aware of the idea that racism is inherent within us, especially, you know, white people raised in, in like the United States, this current society, especially, but it's, it's fucking everywhere, right? So recognizing all of the little like biases that I had not checked, all of the things that I just did not notice because I didn't know I was supposed to notice, you know? Like, I, I benefited from privilege for so very long that when it finally became clear to me how much I had missed, I was like, holy shit. Um, a, a friend of mine, Bossy, gifted me a book called Racism Without Racists. And I was maybe like two chapters in and I was just like, holy fuck, man. Holy fuck. Like, I knew it was bad, but I didn't know just how pervasive it was. And that really got me like questioning myself and paying more attention. And I was like, man, how much have I overlooked because of the fact that I am racist, the fact that mm -hmm. I am and have been racist, that I was raised by racists, that I live in a racist society with racist fucking systems. Like, and that, that sentence right there for the average white friend of mine that I talked to, 
I try to get them to jump there first because I, I had so many people as like the Black Lives Matter movement kind of saw that recent resurgence um, after after George Floyd's death. Um, I had so many people reach out to me like, I don't know how to talk about this. I'm so nervous. I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm going to get canceled. And I was like, listen, here's how you can start. I am racist. I have been racist. I have perpetuated racism. But I see now that I've been doing that and I am going to actively work to change that. I'm committing now to becoming anti-racist and having that be a lifelong pursuit. So like that, that phrase of being able to acknowledge your own racism is really hard because people see that as like racism equals you are a horrible pe human being. You wish harm on others. And it's not always that that strong, right? Racism could be you just making one of those stupid statements like I don't see color. Racism yeah. could be imposing hair mandates at work and saying that people can't wear their natural hair color because it looks unprofessional. Racism is in all of the people who you overlook because you don't even realize that your brain is not offering them up to you as potential options because of that racism in you, because of those biases. And like I had, I, ooh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna comment that I think I think you said something that's key is that it's not enough just like being anti-racist. It's not just enough to oh I'm not a racist. Mm -hmm. I don't. No, it's it's actively being against the racist movement. It's doing it's like it's checking yourself yep. and checking other people and being actually doing something about it, being active yep yep and i had i you had know. a moment where i was planning a panel discussion at an event and it was on something related to gaming um i'm not gonna say which one it was or anything but like i was it, it was one of my earlier ones that i was working on planning out and I grabbed a pen and paper one of the days when I was going to brainstorm for it. Like, all right, who can I bring in? Who are the experts that I know that I want to like, you know, some of my friends, some of the people whose voices I can elevate, give them a little boost from these panels, from the visibility, whatever. And I wrote out a list mm -hmm. and then I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, if you like fucking copy pasta the people on this list, it was just like white guy, white guy, white guy, white guy, white guy. And then me. And I was mm -hmm. like, what the fuck? That doesn't represent who I am or my values at all. Like, there are no women. There are no people of color. There are no queer or gender nonconforming. There's no no one representing the LGBTQIA plus community. Like, none of that. And that was, like, such a fucking slap in the face for me. Like, oh, my God. I didn't even realize. I wonder how many other things I have done in the past where I didn't reach out to friends or didn't involve them because my brain didn't offer them as an option because I went to kind of those societally mandated views of like, these are the experts, it's white guys. Always find a white guy, they'll tell you what's up, you know? So then I sat and I like scratched the list, scrapped the list and I forced myself to think deliberately like, okay, who do I actually fucking know <laughs> that is an expert on this and isn't just another white guy that like came to my mind first and that was uh, folks that was fucking eye-opening yeah a everyone in a position of power that might listen to this do this more often mm -hmm. check your own like, biases it's, like it, it's incredible mm -hmm. how like especially in gaming like i've seen a lot about like ign and all these big uh, news corporations for gaming how they just overlook everyone that's not a white dude mm-hmm yeah it's yeah and also i think like uh, as a like we need to realize as you were mentioned like as a big statement that is like saying i'm racist like it's not only 
to the white community. Like anybody can be racist, mm-hmm. and yeah. we have been racist. Like, it's, I also mentioned it in the in one of the streams. Uh, I think from yesterday or something like that. That we were discussing the upbringing uh, in New Mexico specifically. Like the the upbringing is like pretty much your racist, sexist, and all yep. class, uh, classism. Like all all this kind of stuff. Like are impregnated even in our language, mm-hmm. and it's our responsibility to start like deprogramming ourselves. Yeah. For the sake of like moving as a society as a whole, but some people seem to have like a hesitance or a resistance towards it because it's just they don't want change. Yeah. That's it. Like people are mm-hmm. are fearful of change, and they think like, oh, it's not going to it's going to make me into a whole different person. But they don't realize it's like you can still be you. It's just like don't be racist. You yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. You're you, but with a wider perspective now. Yeah. And. Yeah, you think it'd be simple, but it's the thing, right? Maybe it's just me being pessimistic, but like I do think that in a bigger, the bigger product, the, the people, the the big suits of the world that don't want things to change, right? I feel like it, it's not a case of ignorance. It's no. a case of knowing their it's a knowing their privilege, knowing what they're gonna lose if they if they succeed. Yeah, and they don't. They don't want you. They they like they they, they again. I, I love talking about woke Hollywood. How Hollywood only succeeds when it needs to, mm-hmm. when it's profitable. I had a full conversation about that yesterday with a friend. Like, there's a lot of like I think the worst case like people like that try to act like hey. We are giving a voice to black creators now. We are giving a voice to LGBTQ creators now. But they only do that on Pride Month, on Black History Month. Mm-hmm. They lock them to dead. It's this time of the yep. year's their time. Every other time it's on. That's the idea behind bars, <laughs> is is yeah. to make it an ongoing thing so that people can see that these discussions need to happen, whether the news is showing the protests or not, whether... Um, all of these horrific tragedies that are happening at the at the hands of police brutality, like all of the different instances of it, the microaggressions, all of it, like it is still happening. And unless we all learn to check ourselves and do the work, then like we're we're a part of the problem, you know. So when whenever we start out the bars episodes, I, I like to start things out by saying like we as a community have committed to doing this work, to eliminating all traces of racism within and without, the racism in us and the racism in our fucking systems. We have to come together to dismantle this. So we have those conversations mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm really glad we do. We've got a nice diverse crowd that um, of, of our friends that are all involved in this. And now we have like a weekly rotating spot where we bring someone in and interview them and, and talk about things. And it's it's so nice because one of the things that a friend of mine expressed was their frustration over the fact that they feel like they only get invited to participate in diversity panels. And uh, we didn't want it to be that. We didn't want it to just be the, like, this is a diversity panel, we do it once. The only people who show up to this are the people who already know, you know? Because, like, at diversity panels, at events and stuff, the people in the audience are, you know, people of color typically, or they're people who are already aware of racism and they're there hoping to see some support to get some some connection, right? We didn't want it to just be that, like, this is all us talking about our issues together, but there's no change because we already fucking knew. So the that's one of the things that, like, doing it on my channel benefits is that I do benefit from the privilege of being viewed as a white woman online. So people are going to come into my stream and enjoy the content and stick around because it feels like a comfortable place for them or whatever. And then hopefully on Friday nights, they'll tune in and be like, wait, what's this? 
and then recognize, oh, fuck, you know? And I've gotten a bunch of those, oh, fuck messages of people saying yes. like, this one thing, yes. I did not realize I was doing that. Holy shit, I'm gonna stop. And like, mm -hmm. one thing that I'll say to kind of add to that for all of your wonderful listeners is like, if you are especially a white person who just recognized the atrocities that are happening in our world, if you are finally seeing just how bad it is and you're seeing all the things you've done wrong in the past and, and everything, let go of the guilt and shame and just work on moving forward. And especially, especially, especially do not approach a black person or a person of color and ask them what you should do to change yourself or to get rid of your guilt. Do not put that on them. Please. Leave them the fuck alone. Please. This is a you problem. And it's not something you have to take personally and hate yourself forever because of. It's in our systems. It's in us. You really didn't have a choice up until this point. But now that you know you have a choice, make the right one. Do the fucking work. Yeah. That's nice. That's, that's, well, so that's is, powerful. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Dude, well, when we, when we even, eventually do a podcast about the Black Lives Matter movement and the, the documentary, I think it'd be interesting to have you back to talk about bars and how it's progressed, how many people have interacted mm -hmm. with. I think that's... Very nice. I, it's a very good initiative, especially like from yeah. someone that comes from like came from the gaming community. I feel like that's super important because it's a community where a lot of people just go, oh, I just want to play video games. I don't want to think about that. It's my escape. Mm -hmm. Right. And I feel like they sh shouldn't have really that big of an escape for that. That's a topic they need to address. Yep. That's something we've talked about a lot is yeah. like when when COVID hit and it was, you know, and I'm going to say just COVID because that's that's what the extent of my ignorance was as well, right? It was it seemed like we were in at least a safe enough space that I didn't have to be doing the daily work of, you know, sharing all of the all of the voices and and talking about Black Lives Matter and all of that. Um, so when COVID hit, I put out three weeks of free content on my podcast. I streamed for I think a month straight, maybe even two months straight. Like just no days off because I was thinking about all the people out there that were freaking out and were stressed and were worried and we're going to be looking for an escape. And I wanted them to know that they could come and feel comfortable and safe and have someone who was going to tell them like, look, we're all we're all just taking this day by day. We're in this together, whatever. So I put out as much positive content as I could and I flooded the Internet with like positive memes and just silly stuff like I was encouraging other people to do the same let's let's get rid of just COVID content and all of the fear around it and let's try to add a little bit of fun into it because there's only so much we can do with COVID it's stay the fuck home wear a mask wash your hands you know the kind of usual stuff there so like having an escape from that made sense to me but we've made a very clear distinction that this, what's going on right now, what's happening in our country and in our world, what's going on with the Black Lives Matter movement, what's happening to, um, you know, ICE, what's happening with ICE to the Mexican and Hispanic communities, what is happening with indigenous folks. Like, this is not something that you should be escaping. This is not something to look away from. And if you feel like that's something that you can or should do, that is a sign of privilege. That is a massive, massive sign of privilege. If you feel like you can safely just walk away from this, like check yourself. And that doesn't mean that you don't yes. prioritize your own health. Like don't spend all fucking day every day online consuming content and retweeting it and sharing it and all that. Yes. Like you do need to take your time for your own well-being. 
But if you have like muted it and like like hid it from your timeline because it hurts, work on that. It does hurt. It's supposed to hurt. That hurt is what you will use to turn into action so that you can actually do your part. And those of us who benefit from that privilege are the ones who should be working the hardest here. We should be that, you know, metaphorical human shield at this point. We have benefited enough. We have some safety and security in that. It's time for us to do our part. 100%. And it's echoed what you just said. It's also like important where for people to take their time. I feel like, especially now with both the Black Lives Matter movement and with COVID, uh, a new term that I saw is pretty interesting, uh, doom scrolling. Yep. A lot of people are getting really into doom scrolling because they want to make a difference. And it, it gets to a point where it becomes like emotional self-harm. Yeah. And I feel like, yes, you have to do something, but do know your limits. Like always be fighting, always be doing something. Yep. But don't be self-flagellating yourself emotionally. Take a break sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's an important thing to be said. But again, so, sorry to I have to move the course back to Twitch a bit. And again, I really want to do an episode about this in the future. And may, maybe we can invite you back and see if anything works out. But back to if Twitch. If you want to be back. If you want me. to be back. Oh, this has been a terrible experience yeah. so far. I'm, I'm about to yeah. just, you know, block, unfollow, unfriend, oh. bant. Oh, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, that's no. going to be our clickbait. Worst <laughs> interview with Snap. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. The, the crew. The crew gets blacklisted from Twitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it says in the description. Yeah, but regarding Twitch, you mentioned that normally you go to cons to meet other community creators. Even I think you mentioned community managers. How is that experience with the Destiny community, the gaming community? Like, how's their experience with other members of the community? Like, mostly positive ones, right? Yeah, it's... And also with Bungie themselves, right? It's typically great. And Bungie, like, straight up, dude. Bungie is fucking great. Um, everyone at Bungie has always treated me kindly and like mm. very down to earth, you know, like I'm, I'm really grateful for that because I love, I love fucking around with them. And, and I, I try to say the word bungo at least once when I'm with them because <laughs> I love to see their faces change. <laughs> Do they not like it? Oh, they hate it. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. So I, I try to drop it at least once with them just, uh, uh, you know, give them a little, ah, gotcha. Um, the DMG give you this there. Yeah, but like they've always been so fucking nice to me. And I think in general, like they care so much about the community. And like I, I got to go to one of the first summits that they did. And at that summit, it was so clear that like every employee at Bungie wanted to hear from us. It did not feel like like because we would we would have these like sessions and we'd have conversations and then we'd have breaks. And in the breaks and like when we would have lunch, Everyone, all of the Bungie staff would just be wandering around and, you know, you'd end up at a table with someone who designed this and someone who did this. Mm -hmm. And it was fucking rad. And none of it felt like they were being told they had to be there. Like when I used to work my corporate job, they tried to force me to go to the birthday celebrations. And I was like, bitch, I got work <laughs> to do, you know. So when I did go down yeah. there, it was begrudging. <laughs> I didn't want to be there. But they never felt that way. It was so nice and calm and casual. And they all... Like, you can see the fucking excitement on their faces. Like, they like working at Bungie. They like what they do. They like the game. So, that was fucking rad. Any interaction with anyone there has been awesome. And you mentioned, like, this interaction with Bungie as, a, as an awesome company. But 
what has been kind of like the interaction with Twitch as a company, like with employees or just like with some here and there? Uh, yeah, almost non-existent. <laughs> non-existent? Yeah, like, you know, Twitch is huge and like only some people get partner managers. I only recently got one who I still have to reconnect with because it was in the middle of the move when he reached out. Um, but like by and large, we don't really have a ton of access to people at Twitch. I've been fortunate to know some people who were able to help answer some questions, you know, like I've known people in various roles at Twitch, but like with Bungie, I can talk to the devs and I can talk to the community managers and I can talk to the designers and we can like get to know a lot of the people in that roles because they're so public about it. And so we definitely don't have me. that same access. You're telling me you have a direct hotline to Luke Smith, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> you have a hot call. Um, I mean, realistically, yeah. There's, there, <laughs> there's. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm close with the people he's close with. You know what I mean? I, I, I know who I'm DMing when he breaks the crucible again. With, uh, stasis. <laughs> I know where I'm sending my DMs. Oh, <laughs> no, but like for real, they're, they're very. Like everyone I've, I've met there has been awesome just really kind people and for the most part the community managers of other gaming companies that i've worked with have been kind the majority of the streamers and stuff that i see at events like you know there's always going to be the big-headed ones that are like i've got this many followers and this yeah. many subs don't even look at me but like they're they're fewer and far more far in between i think like it's by and large it yeah. feels like the community as a whole is really fucking rad yeah, I wanted to say this, but like I don't have much experience with uh, Destiny Twitch. Is probably the only Twitch experience I have that I follow a lot. I follow smaller games sometimes, but Destiny is a constant one. And I do get the feeling that like Destiny is a really non-toxic, with the exception of some places. Like if you avoid, like if you stay on Twitch and you go to Reddit, for example, if you stay on Twitch, <laughs> yes. all, 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 all the creators on Twitch, most of them tend to be super positive, yeah, and and super encouraging, and that's just so great. Yeah, and I I think we honestly have to thank some of our our like founding fathers, we could call them, of like the Destiny directory on Twitch, because I remember when I first started on Twitch like five years ago, and um, I remember getting hosted and raided and stuff. And then hearing that that really wasn't a thing in other directories, that elsewhere on Twitch, like if you're playing COD or if you're playing any other fucking game, when the streamer ends their stream, they just end their stream. The viewers disperse, go wherever the fuck they're going. And that was one of the things that was being praised about the Destiny directory is they had created this kind of culture of when you are done, send the love on help someone else out. I hadn't heard of like hosting and raiding until after them. So like goth and broman um, were were massive in terms of how that how that all worked out. Like it was this really kind mm -hmm. trickle down effect of them saying like, look, as a community, this is what we're going to do. You know, we're going to pass the love on and we're going to support other positive streamers and have community events. And then of course they had that first meetup in a bar that has now turned into GCX, which raised how many million for St. Jude last yes. year? Like it's nuts. Yes. For, for those who don't know, GCX is an yearly event where streamers get together to try to achieve donation goals, which go straight to St. Jude. Yep. Nice. Uh, it's an amazing event. Bungie themselves now has a spot on GCX. 
it's pretty an amazing event and it's super nice to see yeah especially in times like this so like also talking about that like you you and for example other creators in twitch giving back to the community giving back as a whole like trying to make all these efforts to doing some great stuff and you mentioned it at the beginning of the episode talking about how it's like being a woman in a uh, twitch uh, dealing with some misrepresentation, uh, some people just trying to be trolls, uh, sending lewd messages, uh, horrible messages. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the experience and how do you see like that, not culture, but that kind of like uh, attitudes happening on Twitch uh, ever since from the conception? Yeah, um, I mean like gaming in general has been not the coolest place for women for a long time. Like I, I don't know any women who... Um, started off feeling comfortable on voice comms like especially in like anything competitive like it's it's so irritating you would pop up to say something and then suddenly there's that course of is that a girl is that a girl and then it's gonna go one one of two ways like it's either gonna go the route of them being like fuck this go make me a sandwich or they're gonna switch and then it just turns into like what are you wearing what are you doing no your voice sounds nice you know like the real creepy shit um, yeah. So, like, gaming in general has not necessarily been friendly to women, even though women make up a huge chunk of the gaming industry, you know? So, like, starting on Twitch, um, there are a lot of things to be frustrated about. Like, people tend to think that it's easy for a woman just because if you're, like, good-looking, you're going to get more viewers, and that translates into this massive career. But what they don't understand is that typically the people who come in because you are an attractive woman or a woman in general, the ones that are drawn in by just that, they don't tend to stick around. Like they get banned, they get booted because they're creeps, because they're acting like fucking weirdos, because they're all over making nasty comments, whatever. So for every like increase in viewership that any woman might get online, it's typically an increase in viewers that they don't want. You know, it's it's all the fucking worst ones. And like, if you look at the top of the majority of directories, it's men and typically white ones at that, yeah. you know? So we don't really get to see that, that nice representation of women being like badass gamers as much as we do get to see all of the men that succeed. And I think one of the things that used to frustrate me a lot when I first started, um, is, you know, at the time, like I was saying, Goth and Broman and like K-Magic and all these wonderful people were kind of leading the directory. And I would have people come in and be like, man, Snaps, you're so good at this. Like I was brand new to streaming and they'd be telling me like, you're, you're going to be a big thing. You're going you're gonna to be a big deal. You're really good at this. This is your thing. You're going to be the next. And every fucking time they would go 10 to 12 people down in the directory and say, I'm going to be the next insert female streamers name here. And I, every time I'm like, why are you not saying you could be the next goth? What the fuck, bud? Mm -hmm. Why are you limiting me? You're saying I could be the best of still not the top? Like, do you see how kind of silly that is that you're limiting me based on my gender? Like, you're a woman. You're going to be the next this woman. Like, no, bud, I'm going to be the next goth. Fuck that. Like, I'm, I want to be the best. And like I said, I started on Twitch with that notion of like, I'm going to be the head of the directory. Now I could give two bucks, <laughs> but that was the the plan and like that shit gets frustrating having people tell you like constantly compare you only to other women we don't get to be included in the men stuff and a lot of the men yeah. that are building these wonderful little powerful teams 
and I don't even mean like the actual pro teams, but the, the groups of people who are constantly like uplifting and helping to grow together, they tend to treat women a lot more like, um, like, oh, let's bring in this lady because here we go, we've got a girl now. And then the, they the move diversity. on. Yeah, exactly. Like the diversity hire, like they bring us in and then they let us go and they bring us in and they let us go. But yeah. we don't get kinda involved like in the big stuff. Yes, exactly. It's kind of like a prop, yeah. It's yeah. Because we're not getting the same brand deals and the same opportunities and the same big shit, typically. It's the, we'll let you play with us for a little bit because, you know, we'll help you out with this, kind of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in the other cases, you have people like Ninja who just straight up go, I don't stream with women because I'm Ninja. And yeah. Like, not do that. And, like, you it's, know, it's, that that's a, tif- that's a difficult thing because that's a sign of the larger problem. To my understanding, he's since recanted and he does play with women now. But, like, the issue isn't necessarily that he said, I'm not going to be playing with women anymore, in, like, some quote with a journalist that was talking about something completely different. The issue is that the reason he said that is because of how gross people can be online. Because that was another thing I was going to bring up as one of the things that's problematic about being a woman online. If I play regularly with a guy that I like because we're buds, then people start talking about us dating. You know, it's very, it's super heteronormative. It's really gross. And if you're in a relationship and you're playing a lot with another person, then they start making the joke. It's always cheating on her. Oh my God. And people clip like these little interactions that out of context, they're able to create this false narrative of like, oh, these two are definitely fucking, you know? So the reason Ninja said that, that he wasn't doing it for his wife's benefit isn't because his wife is over there like, oh no, my husband will be stolen by some harlot. Like... It was because of the mass influx of hate and nasty shit that they had to see every time he played with a woman. So, like, when he said that, it sucked. It sucked because so many women were like, awesome, you kind of set us back even further here. Yeah. But I also respected his decision and understood it because it's similar to, like, like sometimes on Twitch, I might want to wear a shirt that's low cut, that's got some cleavage, right? But a lot of times when I look at those shirts in my closet, I'm like, fuck, man, I like this shirt. I know that, like, I should be able to wear this shirt. I know that this isn't me attempting to manipulate fucking poor little men into giving me all their money. I just like the fucking shirt. And, like, titties are nice. Who doesn't want to see some, like, some extra titty, right? So I look at the shirt and I have that thought of, like, but is it worth it for today? Like, if I wear this shirt where the titties is popping, do I want to be dealing with the additional hatred I'm going to get that day from people who were just scrolling along, saw me, and were like, aha, evidence that every woman on Twitch is an e-girl and a slut. So, like, I, I can I can understand him making the choice. Just sucks that he had to talk about it at that time and that it turned it into this whole thing. Yeah, like... He's just trying to protect his own mental health and his girl's mental health. And that I respect. The timing sucked. The conversation sucked. The way that people have used it since then sucked. To my knowledge, he's a nice dude. Like, just kind of a shitty situation. Yeah. You just mentioned mental health. And that's something that I always thought was interesting. Because when you're streaming, you're like online most of the time, right? And you're talking with fans most of the time and you're dealing with people most of the time like how is it for you in regards to your mental health like do you have anything you do normally to pre-stream post-stream how is it for you daily like that kind of battle i guess 
It used to feel like a battle. It's interesting that you chose that word because it, it used to feel that way. I, um, I actually remember when I kind of made the shift into talking a lot more about mental health and all the things that we can do for ourselves and stuff. I was still, I was feeling a lot better, but I was still easily worn down. So like I would get DMs from people who were having a hard time, who were looking for just someone to listen to or talk to or someone to point them in the directions of resources or help them as they, you know, ponder whether they should see a therapist or not, whatever. And I would have to work really hard to get myself in a certain state of mind before I felt comfortable sitting down and going through my DMs. Because, like, some of them are heartbreaking, man. Like, some of the stories that people share with me are some of the most awful and tragic things you can imagine. You know, because it comes up after they hear me talk about my, my sister dying or it comes up after me talking about the abusive relationships I've been in. So the way that people are so vulnerable with me is beautiful and it hurts so fucking bad. Like my heart breaks open every day. So I would have to get myself into this mindset of like, okay, I'm ready for the pain, get into the DMs, respond. And then afterward, it was like, I gotta go shake this off now. I felt drained, I felt exhausted, I felt sad. And then I would wanna go and like curl up with a blanket or go and smoke some weed or do anything to not be feeling that. And I thought I had a good grip on it, right? Like I was doing the streams, again, same thing. Before I stream, I get myself in a good state of mind. After I streamed, I would wind down, let it all go, but it was a very deliberate thing. I went to GCX two years ago, gave a talk on mental health, ran some panels, did the thing. And this was, you know, after I had started feeling better. So I'm thinking, I'm good, I got this, you know, I'm ready to go and meet people and expecting it to kind of be similar to the years before where it was mostly just fucking around people who wanted to meet and say hi, get an autograph, whatever. And um, this time or that time, you know, people were crying on me. People were coming up to me and giving me big hugs and saying like, this thing that you said helped me in this way, uh, my life has changed or like crying because of the shit that they were going through that they just wanted to talk to someone about. And I try to make myself very accessible at events. Like I tell people where I'm going at all times so that they can find me and come and say hi. So like kind of everywhere I went, there was like a little line that would form of people who wanted to say hi and talk. And by the end of the night, one of the first nights we were there, or maybe it was the last night we were there, I had had so many people cry on my shoulder that night and like beautiful thing man like really it's it's special and i'm so grateful that people feel comfortable talking to me like that um but i i was so beat man i went back home i was exhausted for like a week after that and i almost quit i was just like this i who the fuck was i kidding to think that i could be this person for people when i'm still so fucked up like what the fuck is wrong with me that i think i can do this and I'm looking at my career and I'm looking at the kind of trajectory I'd been on and I'm thinking if my career continues to grow, if I actually got like real famous, cause you know, I'm like 0.00042069% famous right now. If I actually got like legit famous and more fucking people were coming up to me and I was like at the store or something and someone came up and did this stuff, I don't think I could handle it. Like I think I would break apart. So I almost quit thinking I wasn't cut out for it but instead I wound up spending the rest of that year basically like working 
extra hard, like continuing to lean into my mindfulness practice, continuing to work really hard on my mental health and my physical health and overall well-being, continuing to release attachment, be compassionate, the whole fucking thing. And I'm really grateful now to be in a position where people's pain hurts but doesn't stick. And, and I think that's the difference, and I was just reading about this too, like the difference between empathy and compassion. A lot of us are very empathetic and empathy hurts. You're feeling their feelings, it fucking sucks, and then you feel trapped by them. Compassion is a little bit different because you can see it and acknowledge that we all have it. You know, it's just, that's their shit. This is my shit. We all have our shit. So I can feel it with them and not feel so broken by it and instead feel very grateful, joyful, knowing that I feel like I'm in a position where I can help a little bit, even if it's just listening. So now I don't have to do the wind down after stream anymore. I went and spoke last year at GCX and the audience was much larger and the lines were much longer and the same thing happened. Lots of emotional conversations. And on the end of the second night, I had gotten there at I think like 6 a.m. that morning because I had so many things planned for the day. Like I had, I had uh, two or three panels plus my talk plus like a meet and greet plus plus plus. So I got there super early that day and I was on the floor like the entire day just going from thing to thing to thing after eating, like letting people know where I'm at, where I'm at. So like just talking the whole day to people. It was like 3 a.m. when we finally were like, well, I guess it's time to go. And I was still jacked up. I was still so happy. I was animated. I was like, fuck yeah, man, I got this. This is great. I'm so happy to be meeting all these people and talking to them about what they're going through. So like if if people want to help others, if they want to have a community kind of like ours where they can get into it and they want to be that shoulder for people, it is imperative that they work on themselves even harder because ideally you can get yourself to a situation where when someone wants to offload their shit, they are taking it and handing it to you and instead of you carrying it and then you later have to go and work off on your own on how to let go of this shit, it's more like you went to someone's place and you're helping them to clean their house. They hand it to you and you throw it in the garbage. Cool, you don't want this? All right, let's get rid of it. Cool, you don't want this? All right, let's get rid of it. So now I don't feel burdened by people's stories. I'm able to lean fully into the humanity of it and be like, fuck, man, this hurts. I'm crying with you. My heart is broken but it's only able to break because I love them so much. You know, if I wasn't able to love myself and others in that same way, I wouldn't be able to feel it in that same way. And I wouldn't still know that like, at the end of the day, everything is still okay. Like we're all still safe. We're all still working through this. Things are okay. And, and I think that's really powerful, but- It is really uh, powerful, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, 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 for yeah, that sure. Is, that's powerful. Uh, but also dive, diving into what Arthur said, uh, you as a content creator, like you start, like you started having like followers and like started like having these personas. Well, not personas, but having like this uh, attention from different uh, social medias. Uh, nowadays, there's a lot of people that look at this and they go like, "I want to be that, right? I want to be like, uh, I want to have that much followers. I want to be do this and that." Without, I think without sometimes thinking about either the consequences or the responsibility that is mm -hmm. having that amount of followers. Uh, I wanted to br bring up uh, two cases recently that happened on, on Twitch. Uh, one is uh, 
Sweet Anita, uh, mm. that said the the N word because of because of her Tourette, uh, and all the hate and all the cancel culture that was trying to be pushed uh, towards her, and she had like this massive audience of like three thousand people watching her per stream, uh, and also Olana's death that uh, she committed suicide. Uh, she she said that it wasn't due to the fans, but she was also like somebody that I um, that I've seen like some videos and talk about a lot of mental health just like you. So I wanted to kind of like get your insight and towards kind of like creator, creators dealing with this kind of hate and uh, and just like mental health wise, uh, not through kind of like what you were explaining before of like seeing the pain of others, but getting all this hate and getting all the responsibilities of having like so much people watching you at and every move that you make, you have to be kind of like um, stepping on ice pretty much. And how do you deal with that? So... Because you mentioned it before, like you, you were there was a point where you wanted to quit, mm -hmm. but these people like have gone through a lot of like shit that is just like fuck, like it, it can really ruin you up. So, uh, for people that are like maybe imagining being a creator or that are already creators but don't have like that much of a following, how would you say like they can react to these situations that is just like pure hate from people? Okay, I, I think the first thing that we'd want to address there is that cancel culture really doesn't exist. Not in the way that people like to, to say that it does. It's accountability yeah. culture, right? Thank so you for saying that. So be, be a person who's comfortable with accountability if you intend to live a public life like this. Because you're going to fuck up. You're going to say the wrong thing. You're going you're gonna to do stupid shit. Like, we don't know all of the ways in which we are ignorant until, you know, life kind of illuminates that for us. And a lot of times our ignorance is exposed through our own actions, through something that we do that, that's, a, that's fucked up, you know? So yeah. if someone comes at you because you fucked up, okay, learn the lesson, apologize sincerely, and move on. They don't need to hear why you did it. They don't need to hear the long backstory of like all the shit you went through or whatever. Just acknowledge, I fucked up. I didn't realize it then, but I see it now. I am going to work on being better and then actually fucking work on being better. Yeah. Like that's it. Anyone who doesn't see that, anyone who can't accept that, that's that's a them problem. That's not a you problem. Like there are plenty of people who I'm sure discounted me because of who I once was, because of how aggressive I was. So I don't blame them for it, but I'm not about to take it personally either. You know, like, Everyone is on their own trip right now. The stuff that they direct towards us by and large is about them, not us. So be comfortable with being held accountable. Learn how to apologize effectively and compassionately. And then plan on being a person who works on yourself daily because you are going to find out very quickly when exposed to a global audience just how much you don't know. And that has been so eye-opening for me because I was very, very misogynistic before I got on Twitch. Like I, I was, we talked about, you know, recognizing that I'm racist and have been racist. Twitch also showed me all of the internalized bigotry and all of the internalized misogyny that was in me as well. Because I used to think that women who streamed on Twitch and did any kind of like sexualized content were terrible. That they were the reason why we across the board as women were being treated unfairly. But it, it took some like, oh shit, you know, some like conversations with smart people from the community who were kind enough to talk to me to make it clear, like, wait a minute. No, it's not on them. If someone goes into Casey Tron's stream where she's very like kind of satirical and lets things get wild and she doesn't mind that they talk shit, if they leave her stream and come into mind and start off that same way 
It's not because of her. It's because that fucking idiot doesn't realize that we're two different people, right? Because they created this category of girl gamers, e-girls, whatever, and put us all into it doesn't mean that we're all the same and that we all want to be treated the same or that we all do the same shit. And then even past that, recognizing that, like, who the fuck cares about sex work and, and about women who do sexualized content? Like, make your money, girl. 100%. Like, if 100%. they can use your, your beautiful body to sell a fucking cheeseburger, you can use your beautiful body to make money and buy some fucking snackies for yourself. Do your thing. So, like... Twitch will expose all of the ways in which you are ignorant. Be ready for it. Be excited for it. Be willing to apologize, learn, and grow. And then you're safe because cancel culture is bullshit. No one's actually getting fucking canceled. It's just people being held accountable and then their communities and, tend to split. And people being... Most of the people that are being canceled, they still have a platform. Yep. They still have a way to evolve. It's not really canceling as much as, as you said, it's being held accountable. Yep. It's like... It's like, again, we had the most recent case of J.K. Rowling getting canceled. J.K. Rowling still has a huge nope. platform. She can still sell millions of books. Exactly. Pretty sure she's not canceled. Her community she's is still... just now divided between the people who are going to support her bullshit and the people who are like, oop, nope, I'm out. Fuck this. Yeah. Which is part of evolving and growing up as yep. a creator of yep. any type of content. Honestly, is what you said. you got to be ready to be held accountable. Mm -hmm. you got to be ready to learn and grow as a person. Otherwise, yep. And, and did you have, like, any experience, let's say, like, beforehand, did you kind of, like, check the comments and see something negative and it hit you, but now you don't care or something like oh, that? Oh, yeah, or, or, all or, of this or, stuff. Yeah. But that's, you know, this goes back to just the notion of not taking things personally, because yeah. if you are dealing with some shit internally, if you hate yourself and then you get online and someone says they hate you, it hurts. Because it connects to something that you feel is accurate. If you think you fucking suck and someone tells you you suck, it hurts because it feels like they're telling you the truth. If you think you're ugly and someone calls you ugly, it's going to hurt because it feels accurate. So it's super important to like yourself, to work actively on that because it's not something that develops on its own. Our brains have a negative bias. We're not really wired to like or love ourselves. We're wired for survival. Um, so when you recognize that like, the shit that people are going to say has nothing to do with you and everything to do with them. You can let it go a lot faster. Stop taking shit personally. Make it a plan before you even get online to view everyone else's outbursts as projections of their own shit. And it's very easy to see it too because I'll be in the middle of a stream and just having a good time and someone will come in and say some shit and it's like, man, you just found me first. I get it. Like, this is such a blanket <laughs> statement. You just wanted someone to talk shit to. I was the first one you found or maybe the fifth, you know, but I'm not going to yep. let that shit hurt me. Fuck, fuck that. It's, it's important to know who you are, what you're doing on the platform, because if your goal is just to be the biggest Twitch streamer, I suggest you look deeper. Um, find out what you actually connect to about being online and see how you can expand that. I have a podcast on my Mind of Snaps podcast called How to Start where I talk about how I think it's super important to go more general with our views for life. We tend to be wired into this notion that we're supposed to define ourselves based on a certain career path and streaming is no different. But if you look at the root of what you actually want out of it, suddenly your options open. So for me, my goal or my purpose is to add value to the lives of others. I can do that on Twitch. I can do that through writing. I can do that through conversations. I can do that through picking up litter outside. I can do that in a million different ways. 
if I had limited myself by saying I want to be the best or the biggest mental health streamer on Twitch, then suddenly everyone's my competition. Everything is hard. I'm focused on the numbers. But if I'm looking at the root of why I wanted to be the biggest mental health advocate on Twitch, it's because I want to help. It's because I want to add value. So I stay with the root, you know? So if you get on Twitch with a good root, it changes things. If you can do that without taking things personal, it changes things. For sure. And let's say That's that awesome. happens because you were mentioning like, if I was more famous or we had more, uh, if I got more audience, I would like to do this, this and that. Uh, I think one of the cool things that you do is like, I see you constantly reading when you're in the, in the stream and programming like these one-on-one -on -one sessions through the Patreon. Uh, do you think all of that will be possible still with a much bigger audience or it, it will start getting complicated at best because I see a lot of streamers that have like 3,000 people and they don't even see the chat anymore, you know? Yeah. So yeah. What, what is your yeah. scope in that? It's a strange thing to be in the position where you start to be afraid of massive success because it's like, oh man, what would I do? Um, but I'm, I, I'm really grateful. Like, you know, sometimes shit just works out the way it's supposed to work out. I'm a very fast reader. So I'm, I'm so fucking grateful that reading was something that I was so attached to from such a young age that like, if I look over at chat and someone drops a paragraph, I can get through it super quickly. So I have my chat right now on slow mode of just two seconds, because that seems to be enough for all the way up into like the 500 viewer range for me to still be able to keep up with chat. I might have to stop and talk for a second and then scroll up and read, but like I can, I can multitask well enough and maintain enough conversations at once that it's pretty okay. If we get to the point where we're in the thousands, I'm not sure what that, what the next step would be. Um, I right now, like through the Patreon, we're doing weekly or biweekly video chats with a small group of folks who want that one-on-one -on -one, or I guess more of a group session kind of atmosphere. They get to know people in the community a little better. We talk through stuff on a more personal basis. And then of course I've got like my solo sessions that people can have with me. Um, but I, I think what I would do when we get to that point is to do what I've been doing up until this point and that's talk to the community like recognizing I needed to have sub goals and stuff in order to make sure I could like pay my bills and stuff. I talked to the community in discord for like a day and a half about like, okay, I want to make sure you all understand that I'm not trying to put this on you as like, this is your role here is to like help me pay my bills. But knowing that we're all kind of looking to do the same thing here and grow this community and offer more resources and give more people this space where they can feel safe and cared for. What goals do you think would be appropriate? How would we work on this? Like, what should I offer in return? All of that. So if we get to a point where we're at thousands and I can't keep up with chat anymore, I would go right to the community and say like, what do y'all think we should do? Do we set up some subscriber only chats sometimes? Do I do more offline like video chats where I can have up to X amount of people there? Um, whatever feels like it's in the best interest of the people at the time is probably what we'll do and just see where things go from there, you know? For sure. That's that's actually super awesome, honestly. And I have to say, it, it's I feel like communities like yours, super positive communities, do so much good to Twitch ecosystem in general. Like, I personally have not have had the greatest experience with gaming communities for the longest time, not knowing how to speak English correctly or mm -hmm. speaking with a bit of an accent. Like, communities like yours make such a huge difference. 
in the whole ecosystem, right? Because you not only help all these people, but you also you also show other people that want to do stuff like yours that there is a path, there mm-hmm. is a way of doing it. And I just need to commend them. And so we don't steal much more of your time because it's been a minute. I do have one final question for you, which is actually from a friend of mine who's a big fan of yours who asked me to ask this. Oh, fun. So I have to ask for him. And he asked, what is the biggest lesson you learned since you began streaming? And if streaming and creating content is the main goal for you for the future. Mm. Okay. The biggest lesson I've learned was to work on myself first. Um, Especially like for people who go on this kind of mental health journey and start working on themselves and like trying to work on letting go of their baggage and stuff. You get to a point very early on where you're like, I did it, I'm fixed, now let me fix everyone else. And what I have really learned through, you know, trial and error here and through definitely doing and saying the wrong thing plenty of times is you cannot force change on other people and they don't want that from you. Like we all like the feeling of accomplishment of recognizing our own shit and working on it. So if you wanna help your family, your friends, your community, anyone, just lead by example get yourself so balanced that they see that and say oh my god you seem so peaceful how the fuck did you get there and then you can share but don't overshare share whatever it is that feels right in the moment and let them continue to ask questions let them feel like it is truly up to them where they go from there because it fucking is like you know so that would be the biggest thing i've learned is really to just even in in some really extreme cases of shit going on in my personal life like if if someone else is acting like out of pocket the first thing i do is i go and work on myself like okay so they're they're acting out they're kind of wilding right now that's fine if now i know to expect that i can work on myself so that i can still be compassionate and kind to this person while they're acting out you know so i'd say that's that's the biggest thing is and when in doubt and pretty much all the time just be working on yourself like you're not broken there's nothing wrong with you but we all have room to grow and if you are actively looking for that every day and finding all those little ways that you can you're going to be blown away by how much your life changes and like we've had people in the community who did this who took this this mindset and were like that's it i'm gonna lead by example i'm not going to worry about anyone else what they think of me what they do i'm just going to focus on me on feeling good, on feeling peaceful, on knowing how to live this human life without feeling overwhelmed by it. And a lot of these people got promotions out of nowhere. Like I've had legit so many messages of people sending me um, a private message saying like, yo, I just got a promotion out of nowhere. My boss came up to me and was like, your attitude has been so different. People in the office are different now because your attitude is different. This is so great. You're working even better. Like you're more more detail oriented, whatever. And they just get promotions. Like relationships are improving. Friendships are deepening. It's a fucking really beautiful thing to see. So always start with you. Lead by example and lead with compassion. As far as where my career is going, um, I have a lot of aspirations. There's a lot of things I'd like to do. I'm not overly attached to any of them. But right now, I, I just made an investment to get a new laptop so that I could start writing more. I have some intentions of writing some books um, once things are safe. I plan on traveling more and speaking again. We had intentions of launching these mindfulness retreats um starting like after we moved to phoenix and then COVID hit so 
yeah. trying to plan a retreat with a bunch of people where we travel and go and stay in a small space together. Probably not ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a nonprofit also that's currently on a leave of absence that's dedicated to serving folks that are in facing severe financial crises or homelessness. I wanted to bring that back in kind of coinciding with the um, mindfulness retreats. And what else? Oh, God, there was so there's a lot. <laughs> I yeah, it seems like it. Like I said, like since I've changed my mindset to my goal being add value to the lives of others, I've recognized all of the different ways in which I can do that. And I still have so many ideas that come up like every day. So who knows where Twitch is going and if it'll always feel like this this wonderful place for me. But it, if it doesn't, it doesn't matter because that's what I'm going to be doing is just focusing on trying to add value. If I can write a blog post or a book or speak or just work a regular fucking job again and be kind to the people around me, like that's that's what I'm going to be doing. That, that's very inspiring. Wow. Yeah, that, for that's sure. amazing. And just to wrap it up, uh, yes. we all we always do recommendations uh, at, the episode, yeah. at the end of the episode, and also is related to the topics that we're talking. Uh, so for this episode, we were thinking about doing recommendations of like a streamer that people should be watching, or like you will like to people to turn their eyes to him or to her. So do you have any recommendation in specific? Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna plug uh, my friends from bars right now, actually. Because Rec, I definitely suggest that everyone go and follow her. She's she's fucking awesome and hilarious. Um, her username on Twitch and Twitter is Rec1568. But if you're looking for any of these people, you can find it in like my Bars episodes descriptions, or I can send you links so you can include it in the podcast description. Yeah, and stuff. I was just saying, we can put it in the description if you send it to us. Yeah, and then um, LR, LR11, he's got his own podcast in addition to what he's doing with Bars. And it's called Cultural Lenses, and he talks a lot about how how it is to um, you know have the difference of perspectives of being an Indian man living now in Canada and like you know being so exposed to people in the U.S. and all of that, and going to the gaming events and everything. Um, and definitely check out my friend Sunny. She's also in bars. I think she's planning on doing more streaming, and she goes by it's Sunny P. And then being bossy is our our final and super awesome, very intelligent co-host. And they have been responsible for a lot of my re-education. And I continue to go to them to ask for like advice and support on how to like where to find resources on the next thing. Like they're they're very, very knowledgeable on intersectionality and on, on race related issues. So. I think all of those those folks are worth following and interacting with and seeing the stuff that they promote and talk about. A lot of smart voices. Uh, I, I, well, my recommendation, I'm going to recommend, again, I'm not much on Twitch, so I'm going to recommend a friend of mine who I see every day grinding on Twitch. He has a, He's always sticking to his schedule. He's always doing a lot of like streaming hours that I could never do myself. Uh, he goes by OK Lucky. But the dude's amazing. He's a really good dude. He's actually moving to Vancouver as well. He's from Toronto. Moving to Vancouver. Really good friend. Really good dude. And a really, like, hard stream. Like, he's every day trying to interact with his audience and talk to people and see how their day is going. And trying to just be there for his friends, you know? That's good. Nice. Go him. Make sure he takes care of himself, though. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Steffi? Stafford? All right. 
So yeah, I, I'm not one for, for streams for the most part. My schedule is so chaotic and hectic, I find it difficult to keep up with them. But uh, once upon a time, I was really into Critical Role streams, because I'm a big, giant nerd. Um, but these days, I follow uh, the Drawfee team a lot as well. So they have mm -hmm. uh, they do streams, and then Secret Sleepover Society is two of them that do a stream. So there's a couple there that are, that are all good options, all good people. Nice. Okay. Good. Uh, I well, hope your I mic picked it up because the Discord connection did not help you, but I hope your mic picked it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't want to sound biased, but I really enjoy uh, Snap's uh, channel. Like, I, I have been... Uh, and as a whole, like, it, it's really, like... Uh, sometimes it really seems like I'm biased towards the guests we have in the show, but <laughs> for me, like, it, it, it's just... Gotta get, gotta get them back somehow. <laughs> no, 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 for real. Like, the thing is, like... Ever since I started watching the stream, because it, it, it was all because of, like, we needed, like, somebody to talk about Twitch and to talk about all these really important topics. Uh, and from there, even though, like, as Stafford mentions it, like, with the Chingot Media, we have a lot of, like, schedule that is super crazy. And just, like, sometimes I don't interact with the chat, but just listening through uh, what is happening, where uh, people going through, uh, hearing the advices, hearing like meditation uh, tips, all this kind of stuff that is self-improvement has really like lifted my mood. And sometimes like, because usually I just put metal and I just start editing, <laughs> but it's kind of like that has shifted towards like whenever the snap sits on, it's like, okay, I, I agree to listen to this. Uh, and, and if I have to like choose somebody else, uh, there's also one guy, you, you guys know I'm a super huge like wrestling fan. Uh, this guy called Miro TV, like he transitioned from wrestling towards like more Twitch streaming, and it, it, it's kind of like a nice compliment. With snaps, I get kind of like the healing <laughs> soul and the mental, and with this guy, I get like the uh, motivation to like the body and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and it's, both of them are super funny, super nice communities, and yeah, that's my piece. Nice, awesome, uh, awesome. Uh, thank you again, Snaps, for coming over and giving this honestly super insightful conversation on not only Twitch, but on self-improvement and on how to grow as a person. I think it's an important conversation that we should be having a lot, that a lot, honestly, I think you avoid that. So thank you for joining us and being here and talking about all these insightful topics. Thank you again for having me. And uh, just as like a final parting thing for, for your community and for you to pass on to your friend who might be locked into that grind mentality, <laughs> um, we have we have an acronym we use to try to help ourselves check in on kind of a bare minimum level. So whenever you are feeling a little overwhelmed or stressed or exhausted, remember this super cheesy phrase that your future's so bright you gotta wear shades. And then break down shades. Shade stands for sleep, hydration, air, like go the fuck outside, take a walk, diet, exercise, and stillness which could be meditation, it could be journaling, it could be a lot of different things. But if you are working to bring as much of each of those things into your life as you can, we're looking for like 80-20, you know, do your best, know that you're gonna have plenty of days where you don't get great sleep because you wanna fuck around with your friends. You're gonna have those days where you don't exercise because you're busy. You're gonna have the days where you eat the whole fucking pizza even though you know you shouldn't. Just try to balance it out, 80-20, and just remember shades, sleep, Hydration, air, diet, exercise, and stillness. Awesome. That's again. <laughs> it's it's not normal that a podcast I don't have much to say because I 
I, I don't have anything to contribute. I normally talk too much. This yeah. is the opposite of it. Uh, yeah, well, thank you, Snaps, for joining us. Thank you, Rodrigo and Stafford, for bearing with me every two weeks. And thank you, everyone, for watching. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Hopefully, you stick around. <laughs>